I'm Tavid Nasir, and this is Leadership Biz Cafe, a podcast that provides insights and tools to help leaders take on the challenges and opportunities found in leading today's workplaces. Leadership Biz Cafe is brought to you by Tanvid Nasir Leadership, our leadership firm that offers keynotes and corporate workshops in both in-person and virtual settings that will help you to improve the way you lead and guide your organization's growth and future successes. To find out how we can help you today with your leadership challenges and discover your untapped opportunities, visit our website at tavernasir.com. Now, I can see that the espresso machine is warmed up and ready to go, which means it's time to brew up another leadership espresso shot. So for this leadership espresso shot, I thought it'd be fun to look back at some of the leadership keynotes and corporate training sessions I gave over the course of this year and find a story that would be timely to share with you right now. But before I do, I have to tell you how after two years of the pandemic, what a joy it's been to once again be in the same room with attendees of my keynotes and workshops. While I'm still doing them virtually, it's also nice to be back on the road and seeing in real time the reactions from leaders as that light bulb goes off from what I'm sharing in that workshop or through that keynote. So I shared this story in a keynote I gave back in March, and it was actually the first keynote I gave in person since the start of the pandemic when everything shifted to a virtual setting. And I wanted to share this story because it brings up a message leaders need to hear right now to address those concerns many of them have about quiet quitting and reigniting employee motivation. And as the title of this Leadership Espresso Shop points out, What I'm going to share with you now is a simple but powerful approach for how you can inspire your employees to commit their best selves to the work they do. And this story is actually a personal one, and it's about a summer job I had when I was 18 years old. My uncle, who lived in a small city just outside of Toronto, landed me a job working at a pharmaceutical dispensary in a doctor's office building. Now, my boss, Mr. Hainsworth, was what many people would call a straight shooter. You always knew where you stood with him, so if he had a problem with something you did, he'd be sure to let you know. He also had this gruff exterior to him, which, as a teenager at that time, made him a bit intimidating to me, even though many of his employees reassured me that he was actually the sweetest man you'd ever know. As for my job, it was pretty straightforward. I worked under the warehouse supervisor, making sure the dispensary shelves were properly stocked, putting in orders to resupply our drug inventory, and basically managing the warehouse on the supervisor's days off and when he took his summer vacation break. The hardest part of the job was that the warehouse was located in the basement of the medical office building and had no windows, which is why it was so nice to go upstairs to the dispensary where they had a wall that was all windows and from which you could see the sunny blue skies of summer. On one of the warehouse supervisor's days off, I decided to review our current inventory against upcoming renewal orders, and I found that we had on our shelves a box full of medication that had expired a month ago. Given the large quantity of prescription vials, I decided to go see Mr. Hainsworth to ask him, how do I go about disposing of the expired medication? 
After I explained the situation, Mr. Hainsworth paused from looking at his computer screen and looked up at me. Instead of answering my question, he asked, Why did we order so much of this drug if it's going to sit on our shelves to expire? I looked at Mr. Hainsworth with what I'm sure was a confused look. After all, I had just started working there, so how was I supposed to know why they ordered so much of this medication prior to my being hired? So, I gave him that typical response you get when you ask a teenager a question. I don't know. As you can imagine, this wasn't the answer Mr. Hainsworth was looking for, and he replied to my answer with that gruff voice of his. Tanvir, I need you to find out why this medication was left to expire on your shelf downstairs. I have to admit, I felt in that moment as though I was being reprimanded by the school principal for something I didn't even do. At the same time, though, I wanted to make a good impression on my new boss, so I went back downstairs to search through the purchase order forms to learn more about this drug, and then went around asking the various technicians if they knew something about this particular drug order. Sure enough, one of the pharmacy technicians was able to shed some light on this. As it turned out, one of the doctors in the medical building had been prescribing large quantities of this drug to the point that we were having a hard time keeping it in supply. So the warehouse supervisor had decided to order a surplus to ensure that we always had it in stock. Then for some reason, the doctor stopped prescribing this drug to his patients, which is why we ended up with a large quantity of this medication sitting on our shelves, going unused, and now expired. Having found the answer, I went back to Mr. Hainsworth and informed him about what I had found out about this drug purchase. He continued to look at his computer screen while I explained to him what happened, and when I was done, he gave me a quick nod and told me what paperwork I needed to fill out to begin the disposal process. And then he added, Tanvir, when you see something's wrong, don't just try to fix it. Find out why it happened in the first place so we don't do it again in the future. Got it? Mr. Hainsworth then looked away from his computer screen towards me gave me a quick smile, and said, good catch, keep it up. In that small exchange with Mr. Hainsworth, something inside me just clicked. While I felt that sense of elation and pride that one naturally feels when your boss praises your work, I also felt this internal drive to go and do more. After hearing what Mr. Hainsworth had to say, I felt like I was doing more than simply filling in for someone on their days off. I felt like I personally had something to contribute, that I could make a difference in helping how this company did things. From that point on, I looked for other ways to help my coworkers and the company, whether it was finding ways where we could reduce costs or different ways I could help support the pharmaceutical technicians with their work processing orders and the like. Soon, Mr. Hainsworth started coming to me with various new projects to do, from reconfiguring the -the over-the-counter shelves to maximize turnover sales, to updating the various computer terminals to harmonize workstation operations. With each new project, I always kept in mind what Mr. Hainsworth had told me in those first few weeks on the job. I didn't fully appreciate it at that time, but looking back, I realized that 
Mr. Hainsworth taught me a very important lesson about how to approach the work you do. And that lesson was don't limit yourself to answering how. Look for the answer that will help you to understand why. It was the first time that I worked for a leader who didn't want me to limit what I could contribute based on my role or title in that company. Instead, Mr. Hainsworth empowered me to invest myself in the overall purpose behind why we do what we do, of finding ways to do and make things better by looking for opportunities where I could make a difference. It was the first time I ever felt like the work I did wasn't simply a job because I could see that what I could offer mattered. And that sense of value and purpose behind what I did in that summer job fueled my motivation to not only give my best to the work I did, but it also made me look forward to going to work each and every day. In fact, I still remember how the best day of the week was Sunday because it meant tomorrow I would get to be with my team, that I'd get the chance to do work that really mattered. Now, remember, we're talking about an 18-year-old teenager working a summer job in a windowless basement, managing and tracking pharmaceutical inventory and purchase orders. Mr. Hainsworth clearly understood that to get employees engaged in the work they do doesn't involve offering them glamorous or exciting work, but showing them that what they do matters, that people notice and care about what you're going to do for them and for the company. As a leader, Mr. Hainsworth understood that encouraging employees to question why opens the door to learning how we can do and be better. That's why every time I finished one of the projects he assigned to me on top of my regular workload, I found myself getting hungrier to learn more, to push myself further, to see what else I could do to help make this company more successful and where else I could make a difference. It's no surprise why so many of his employees had been working for his company for years, even decades, with some technicians having had their start there as summer interns who, after completing their studies, went on to become full-time employees. That kind of loyalty and dedication was not simply because Mr. Hainsworth was a generous boss with both pay and vacation time. Rather, it was due to his commitment to empowering his employees to succeed because he valued them and the contributions they could make to his company. Working for Mr. Hainsworth taught me an invaluable lesson on how to not only inspire loyalty, but to bring out the best in those you lead. And that lesson is, when we expect and empower our employees to do their best, we inspire them to achieve greatness. Mr. Hainsworth passed away a few years ago, but I've never forgotten the summer I spent working for him, and especially the lessons he taught me in my teenage years of how to not only give your best, but how to continually strive towards becoming your best. And I think it's a pretty amazing legacy he has that decades later, that teenage boy from Montreal who he hired to work in his basement warehouse is using his leadership example to inspire another generation of leaders of what they need to do to not only inspire their employees to believe in their potential, but to provide them with that environment where they're empowered 
to make that potential a reality. So at the very least, I hope you enjoyed hearing about this story of mine. But hopefully more than that, I hope it demonstrates to you that inspiring others is not about grand gestures or being a skilled communicator. Instead, it just comes down to how you show up in those everyday moments and using it as an opportunity to get your employees to see their power, their potential, and how much a greater contributor they can become under your guidance and leadership. And who knows, maybe you'll be like Mr. Hainsworth in being a source of leadership inspiration that helps those you lead become leaders in their own right, who help bring out the best in those they now have the responsibility to lead. Now, as I said, this story was part of a leadership keynote I gave back in March. And if hearing this kind of story and insight on leadership has you thinking, hey, I think Tampa would be great for our next leadership conference or summit. I'd love for you to reach out and connect with me so we can talk about it further. And the best way to do that is to just fill out the contact form on our website at tampanasir.com so we can start that conversation. And while you're there, you can also check out some of the topics I cover in my keynotes and corporate training sessions, as well as what some of my clients have had to say about my work. I'm Tavid Nasir, and you've been listening to Leadership Biz Cafe.